Crown Refs Podcast welcomes you back for episode 104. Let's go. You are listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball official officials. Serve the game. Welcome back to episode 104 as we're excited to bring you the daily verse from the bubble podcast number one. This is the audio to our new article series showcasing the NBA officials in the bubble like never before. Each volume, we're going to highlight an NBA official, give you some of their story and experience, and then pick one standout play from that game. We're going to break it down in a pretty unique way that is going to give basketball officials more perspective and the action steps that that official took to make the correct call. Seems like everybody outside is uh, focused on the negative side of things. We want to take this opportunity to focus on the great things that these professionals are doing. So before we get started, I just want to share the news that Crown Refs has added to the team. We've brought in a beat writer and a fellow official who's been a big supporter of Crown Refs and is looking to add another dimension to our content. And I believe he's going to really increase the volume you're going to see. He is the author of our new article series, Daily Burst, and I'd like to introduce him to you. His name is John Madison from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So without further ado, I ship it to you, John. Take it away. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Paul. Super excited to join the Crown Refs team and be a part of the most innovative, fastest growing, best officials brand in the world. And really looking forward to kind of introducing our new segment, Daily Burst from the Bubble, as I'm sure you've taken a, a read on crownrefs.com. If not, highly recommend it. What it really is, is we're highlighting specific plays, specific officials, why they made specific calls in, you know, the most highly coveted area of basketball officiating, the NBA playoffs. And especially with uh, the formatting of the NBA playoffs this year, um, we're looking to provide a different perspective on since, you know, the media really is only covering officials when they make difficult calls and when they're making maybe a call that's highly controversial, what we're looking to do is provide a voice um, behind these officials and support them as really they're doing a very professional job, especially in these playoffs. So that's what we're looking to do with these daily bursts from the bubble, highlight specific officials, highlight specific plays, and looking to provide a place where not only you can learn, get some entertainment from as well, but really give you action steps on how you can improve as an official going into your seasons, whether it's with youth, high school, collegiate, or even if you're an NBA official. So without further ado, I'm just going to introduce the play and what you can do and might be useful for you as you're taking a look at this video, go to crownrefs.com, take a look at volume one daily burst from the bubble. It's pretty easy to find right in the homepage here and, and read along with us here as we run you through here. Burst from Bubble Volume 1, OKC Thunder versus the Houston Rockets. So just going to quickly set up the play here. And our highlighted official, Kevin Scott, as you'll see in the video clip from the article, he is the one calling the offense foul charge on Dennis Schroeder. And actually is the same official who ends up calling a technical foul on Chris Paul. So a lot going on here, especially with Kevin Scott. But the play kind of starts with 4 minutes, 19 seconds remaining. Like I said before, this is game six, which happened on August 31st, 2020. Rockets hold a five-point lead with four minutes left, 97-92. And our crew that we highlight here is Josh, Josh Kevin, number 58, Kevin Scott, number 24. And our, our favorite, who is a former podcast 
guest, Mark Davis, number eight. So we're just going to get a little, get into it right now. And I would highly recommend you go to crownrefs.com, open up first from the bubble volume one and go on this journey with us. So in the first volume of daily bursts from bubble, we're highlighting what is this new rivalry between the Oklahoma city thunder and the Houston Rockets with Schroeder and Chris Paul really working as a tandem to slow down the scoring prowess of James Harden and the small ball Rockets. Tension has been building this entire series. It's technical fouls and flagrant fouls, especially have become a common occurrence. As you can remember, I'm sure with Dennis Schroeder going around picks and um, hitting players where, not, where they're not supposed to be hit. Our specific play that we're highlighting here comes with four minutes and 19 seconds left to go with a five point lead by the Rockets. So go to crownrefs.com and take a look at the clip and we're going to get into it here in a second. So before we get into the play, really, I would love to introduce our highlighted um, official here, Kevin Scott, who is the lead official in this play. So let's, let's take a look at Kevin Scott and just learn a little bit about him so we can um, understand his journey, where he's come from, and how he's made a name for, him, for himself here in the NBA. Like I said, Kevin Scott is our lead official and our key focus here on Daily Burst from the Bubble Volume 1. We're going to take a look at Kevin, where his positioning was, his game calling, his game communications management, just the entire um, sphere of what it takes to become and be one of the top officials in the NBA today. So we're going to take a look at Kevin, kind of his bio and where he came from before we actually get into the play here. So Kevin has been part of 448 regular season games, as well as eight playoff games in his first eight seasons as an NBA official. Going into his ninth year in this year's playoffs, grew up in South Carolina, and he cites his most memorable assignment as an NBA official thus far has been the quadruple overtime game between the Atlanta Hawks and Jazz back in 2012. So he's no stranger to high intensity, high pressure, um, and playoff games, really. As the, going into this, he has been a part of eight of those. So backtracking a little bit before he actually made it to the NBA Kevin officiated four seasons within the NBA G League and actually was selected to officiate the finals in 2011 and even before the NBA G League Scott was a collegiate official four years in the SEC and 10 years in the Atlantic Sun Conference so as you can see he's paid his dues and you know being from South Carolina I think it's a it's a great accomplishment for him and being a collegiate athlete for for 10 years um, he definitely has an experience and already officiating eight playoff games before this year he's really ready and um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen him when watching NBA games on TV or maybe even in person he's been selected to be a part of this year's playoffs which is a very high accomplishment and something that I'm sure he's proud of. So that's just a little bit about Kevin and we're going to be doing these kind of bubble bursts and highlights the official, where they're from and kind of key information about them as I'm sure you as an official are interested just, just to see a little bit about, you know, how he got to the NBA, what, what, what the specific steps were for him to get to where he is at today. Um, so that's just a little bit about what these bubble bursts are and these bio bursts are, excuse me especially for the lead official and highlighted official. So we're focusing on Kevin Scott. I already mentioned the other crew members 
including Mark Davis, but we're really going to be focusing on Kevin Scott and what he does to make two excellent calls here in the Thunder vs. Rockets game six. Let's get into the play here. We're just going to play the video clip right from the online article at crownrefs.com. So feel free to take a look there as we're walking through this. So as the ball goes up here, and I'm going to pause it a few times here, but as a the ball goes up in the initial shot. You'll see Kevin Scott has his eyes locked in on the players rebounding. As Tucker locks in the defensive rebound, Scott's not too quick at all to start running down court, which may be one of the keys for him to make the next two calls, especially. So as you see here, Tucker passes the ball up to Harden, but Schroeder ends up stealing the ball and is looking to score. So I want something to, really important to watch here is watch how even keeled Scott is as he notices the turnover. As you'll see here in the top part of your screen here, he's still back in lead position. He's not rushing down court to try to beat the fast break there. He's really even keeled and collected as he slowly backs into position without taking his eyes off the play. So we're gonna run it here to run it here. And I really want you to watch as Scott wasn't too quick to move up court. He wasn't trying to be even with the fast break for the steal. Um, if he was, he may have missed his next call. So let's take a look here um, at the play. You'll see Schroeder go up, and you'll see P.J. Tucker establish himself in one of the greatest um, punches going the other way by Kevin Scott. I've seen this playoff series. You'll see him look at the play, understand who the foul was on. He made make sure he was aware that P.J. Tucker was established and outside of the restricted area. And just watch this mechanics. One, two, three, boom. Confident, blows the whistle crisply. Just an excellent job by Kevin Scott making the perfect call in a very high-pressure, high-impact portion of the game here. So at first glance, you might think, and maybe you even notice when you're watching this game, if you can remember, but at first glance, some might say that's a late call, why did he take so long to make that call? Why did he, you know, take so many steps before actually making the call? Um, maybe he was guessing. But you'll see Scott crispy blow his whistle. He'll make three steps to gather his thoughts and see who the foul was on and then give one of the cleanest charges, like I said before, you'll see in the business. The ability to make a strong, sharp punching motion really portrays confidence and expertise in the call. So we're going to take a take a look one more time. And as you can see here in the, my, the background right now, um, that one, two, three, boom, as well as a crisp whistleblow, one, two, three, boom. Great, great job on Kevin Scott. Um, and we're going to take into some action steps here, but I don't want you to, and so maybe this is something that you're already doing, but never watch the ball when it's in the air, especially when you're in the lead position. If you can practice watching the scuffle and fight for the ball, especially on the rebounds, um, your goal should never um, to be looking at the ball. You should be looking for illegal or illegal boxing out, pushing the back um, and off ball balls in your area. So I think Kevin Scott did an excellent job here and even a better job in his bang, bang, crisp whistle. And of course, his punch, like I mentioned before. Let's keep rolling here with the play calling aspect of Burst from the Bubble Volume 1. As you know, quick bang-bang plays, especially like this with 
a decision if you need to make a charging or blocking foul can be some of the most difficult calls to make at any level of basketball. Now, to officials who don't referee games at the high school level or higher, the restricted area isn't much of a concern to them. However, in the NBA, the restricted zone, the restricted circle, the restricted area, whatever you want to call it, is one of the most important aspects in determining whether a play should be end up being called a blocking or charging call. So as soon as Tucker commits the turnover, really he does an excellent job in establishing a position outside of the restricted arc and planting both feet as well as going straight up. He's not pushing with his hands. He's not making illegal contact, going or impeding through his opponent. Um, now going into the official and Scott, our featured official, he's in a wonderful position as we stated before. And as you could see in the video clip, and he's really looking at two major things. He's looking at one, Tucker's positioning, is he inside or outside of the restricted area? And two, Tucker's body positioning. What are his arms doing? Are they in legal guarding position? Is he going straight up? Is he impeding his opponent in any way or not? And really, if you take a look at the video, you'll see Tucker get to his position before um, Schroeder goes upward in the shooting motion. And we'll get into this in, a, in future first from the bubble, but really it's important to understand if Schroeder was already starting his upward shooting motion or not before Tucker established himself. That's another thing that Scott was looking for, and he does an excellent job in making the correct call. Um, and things that you can do as an official coming out of this, some action steps for you. Next time you watch a game, put yourself in the position of a specific official. Um, it's easy to just be watching the play, um, watching the actual basketball going on, but if you really want to become a better official, it, it's it's a it's a good practice to put yourself in the position of a specific official and try to make calls as if you were in the game. Um, it's easy to look at instant replays and say, oh, we should have called it this way. I would have called it this way. But would you really make those similar calls if you were the official on hand? So try that out and let us know how, how it goes for you. It can be difficult um, and you may kind of get lost in it and trying to watch the, the actual game going on. But put yourself in the position of the official um, and it's an easy way not only to learn some rules that you're not 100% confident on, but also to practice your real-time reactions to specific situations. And even if you want to get real fun with it, stand up, um, run in place as if you're that official, and practice your mechanics. Whatever it is that you need to work on, put yourself in the position of an official um, and see your, your game grow that way. Block and foul can be some of the most difficult calls to make at any level of basketball. Now, to officials who don't referee games at the high school level or higher, the restricted area isn't much of a concern to them. However, in the NBA, the restricted zone, the restricted circle, the restricted area, whatever you want to call it, is one of the most important aspects in determining whether a play should be end up being called a blocking or charging call. So as soon as Tucker commits the turnover, really he does an excellent job in establishing a position outside of the restricted arc and planting both feet as well as going straight up. He's not pushing with his hands. He's not making illegal contact, going or impeding through his opponent. Um, now going into the official and Scott, our featured official, he's in a wonderful position as we stated before. And as you could see in the video clip, and he's really looking at two major things. He's looking at one, Tucker's positioning. Is he inside or outside of the restricted area? And two, Tucker's body positioning. What are his arms doing? Are they in legal guarding position? Is he going straight up? Is he impeding his opponent in any way or not? And really, if you take a look at the video, 
you'll see Tucker get to his position before um, Schroeder goes upward in a shooting motion. And we'll get into this in a in future burst from the bubble. But really, it's important to understand if Schroeder was already starting his upward shooting motion or not before Tucker established himself. That's another thing that Scott was looking for, and he does an excellent job in making the correct call. Um, and things that you can do as an official coming out of this, some action steps for you. Next time you watch a game, put yourself in the position of a specific official. Um, it's easy to just be watching the play, um, watching the actual basketball going on. But if you really want to become a better official, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good practice to put yourself in the position of a specific official and try to make calls as if you were in the game. Um, it's easy to look at instant replays and say, oh, we should have called it this way. I would have called it this way. But would you really make those similar calls if you were the official on hand? So try that out and let us know how, how it goes for you. It can be difficult um, and you may kind of get lost in it and trying to watch the, the actual game going on. But put yourself in the position of the official. Um, and it's an easy way not only to learn some rules that you're not 100% confident on, but also to practice your real-time reactions to specific situations. And even if you want to get real fun with it, stand up, um, run in place as if you're that official, and practice your mechanics. Practice your, your violation, your close fist, practice your open fist, whatever it is that you need to work on. Put yourself in the position of an official um, and see your, your game grow that way. An area of officiating at any level that is often overlooked and often not really talked about or even um, thought about is game management and communication. So what are you doing as an official to not only be clear, concise, confident um, with how you portray yourself to fans, players, and coaches, but also what are you doing as an official to communicate with those parties in terms of especially players and officials um, and how and what you do after a call or what you do during timeouts, what you do during halftime to make sure you're doing your job as best as you can do. Um, and as most professional as you can do. So we're going to look at it here, what Kevin Scott does and what happens after he makes the charging call. Um, and you can really see his experience, especially being nine season into his NBA career um, and really how that has paid off for him. So it gives him patience. After he makes the call, you'll see Chris Paul really show frustration, which isn't a big surprise um, if you're an NBA fan, knowing Chris Paul does do his fair share of talking and um, discussing to, to keep it politically correct um, with officials. You'll see Chris Paul shows frustration with throwing of the fists at Scott, as well as some choice words we can assume here. But um, the NBA has really made it a kind of an initiative, especially this year with throwing a fist at official or doing the clapping motion. Um, as you can see with other NBA playoff games, I believe Jason Tatum did a similar thing after a offensive charge and call went against him. He throws his fists up and instantly the official gives him a tee. Um, the NBA has really made that an initiative, like I said earlier, especially this year, to um, really have that level of respect that goes both ways between officials to players, but also players and coaches to the officials. So what Kevin Scott does great here, rather than instantly blowing this whistle out of disagreement with Paul's reaction, he does a perfect job in being calm and collected as he did earlier. Um, as he warrants tech Paul a technical foul. Um, and as you can imagine, every playoff game is a high-pressure environment. Players and coaches get heated out of their competitive drive. 
and it would really be easy for any official to give out a technical foul every time a, a player or coach disagrees with your call. However, what can really separate you from other officials is how you interact and how you communicate with players and coaches. Instead of being reactive to how people, whether they disagree or agree with you, being proactive, um, and we're gonna give you a few action steps here. While there's really no room in the game for players to be throwing their hands at you and yelling at you, um, it's vital to be a resource for them, um, for those coaches and players, talk with them while you made a call, explain to them the rules behind the violation, and tell them what they can do to limit a violation in the future as, as this can really um, alleviate um, the whole of just yelling, 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 and can kind of start a conversation that's respectful um, and can make a better, better game for everyone involved. Um, so think about the last time you actually talked with a player or coach. Do you practice two-way communication? Or um, I know I can, and I'm sure many other officials can fall guilty of this, but doing more talking than listening and more correcting them um, for being in the wrong. So what I like to do here is if, if a coach is going, the, you know, the whole first half, he's just commentating, that's a travel, that's a bad call, come on, ref, what, what are we doing here? If he's not asking you a question and really all he's doing is yelling and commentating on the game, what I like to do is go up to the, the coach and say, hey, coach, I heard, I heard you say something there. Do you have a question about the play? Do you have a question about the call? What can I do to make it clear for you? I mean, just really initiating that conversation from the get-go and getting ahead of it instead of being reactive, like I said before, being proactive um, with your game communication. And that'll just help you better manage the entire game. Well, that's, that's it for volume one of Daily Burst from the Bubble. Now it's time to get better. So what areas from this play and this article were most impressive to you um, in terms of Kevin Scott and how he managed himself, the play, the play call itself? Um, out of the three areas of the game summarized above, what segment do you need to improve the most as an official? What are your biggest strengths while officiating? So we would love to connect with you. Uh, let us know your thoughts and feel free to provide some feedback on these videos and these daily bursts from the bubble um, as we're here to help you become the best official you can be. That's it for volume one. I'm John. Serve the